You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. That's it. Let's turn in our Bibles now. Let's start God's Word. All right. We're in James. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 3. James 3, and then we're in verse 13. The theme today is on wisdom. Wisdom. And James, on the subtitle, if you guys have a subtitle right above verse 13, it's called Two Kinds of Wisdom. And today we're going to really just touch base on what wisdom is, what does it look like, what does it mean, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge, and what does this mean about two different types of wisdom? Isn't wisdom just the same? No, James talks about there's two different kinds. There's one that's worldly, there's one that's of this world, of man, and then there's also one that comes from heaven, that's from God. God the Father is wisdom. He, know, he is all-knowing. He made the universe through his, his wisdom and in His power and His strength, the Bible tells us. And we need to start seeking the counsel of His wisdom and not, not start looking at what man tells us and what the world is trying to say. And so James um, has these two depictions of, of these two types of wisdom. And the theme of today is the wisdom of heaven. Because a lot of people have knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge. But not a lot of people have wisdom. And I'm going to talk about what that means. And so, um, in Proverbs, we're going to be in Proverbs today a lot because Proverbs, the first four chapters of Proverbs, if you look ahead and and read ahead in in Proverbs chapters one through four, the whole thing is about wisdom. And it's preparing the way for Solomon to start writing it. And they're, they're about different authors. Solomon wasn't the only one who wrote Proverbs. There were other authors that wrote some of the Proverbs. But in chapters one through four, a lot of information on what wisdom is, receiving wisdom, how wisdom is more precious than gold, more precious than money, more precious than fame. A lot of people can look good on the outside, have a lot of wealth, be famous, and yet they do not have any wisdom. And we're going to touch base on what that means. And actually, the word wisdom in Proverbs is found 50 times alone in that book, the most in any of the books of the Bible. So I think Proverbs is pretty much about how to gain wisdom and don't act foolish. Because the two differences, the contrast in Proverbs is fools and those who are wise. Making the choice through wisdom and making the choice through how a fool does. Folly and wisdom. You're going to find that word folly and wisdom a lot in the the book of Proverbs. Fifty times that word wisdom is found. I think that's what he's trying to get across. That we need to start gaining wisdom. We need to start understanding what wisdom is about. And the only wisdom we can have and receive is from God, is from heaven, what James tells us. And so let's read James chapter 3, verses 13, and follow along. It's just five verses, and then we'll pray, we'll dive in. But James 3, 13, it says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, look how he uses quotations, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every, every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for everyone here. Uh, we just pray that you would 
Help us learn the, the kind of wisdom you want us to have, that we would study it, we would apply it to our lives, and that we would um, have ears to hear and hearts to listen to what you have to say. And uh, just go before us now as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Everyone remembers the, the movie Aladdin. Did you guys grow up with Aladdin like I did? Has anyone seen Aladdin? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I hope I'm not that old. Aladdin, come on. Okay. Maybe Aladdin 3, because that was made a little later. Okay. You guys know the genie, right? The genie comes out of the bottle. The best character of all. I, come, I mean, come on. I, I don't remember how the song goes. I just remember he comes out and he's like, Ah! Such a crick in the neck! And then, what's the, how's the song go? Um, You've never had, a, never had a friend, never had a friend like me. Something like that, right? I was thinking of a totally different other song like Mulan, but Mulan has nothing to do with Aladdin. Um, this genie comes out and asks Aladdin for some wishes. And, and you know the whole genie story, any genie in a bottle, uh, I dream of genie, whatever. You, you've, got, you've got this genie that will come out and grant and ask you three wishes or a wish, whatever you have, whatever you want, it'll be given to you. And there's a story in 1 Kings that I like to talk about. Somewhat similar to this, although there's no Robin Williams genie in this, and there's no bottle that's just very, like, you, you rub it, and then this genie comes out. How, like, demonic does that sound? Um, and we watched that as a kid. Uh, never mind. That's just a side note right there. There's a young man in the story of First Kings named Solomon. And God, in a vision, in a dream, asks Solomon, what is it you want, and it will be given to you? And I want you guys to turn to First Kings real quick. We're going to just touch the story. It's a couple of verses. But go to 1 Kings chapter 3. In the, in the Old Testament, just go back, way back, to 1 Kings chapter 3. It's after 1 and 2 Samuel, then we got 1 and 2 Kings. So 1 Kings chapter 3. Keep your hand in James, we'll go back to it. But 1 Kings chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 4. You can see the subtitle above chapter 3. It says, Solomon asks for wisdom. And the wisest man ever to live. He wasn't born with it. It, wasn't, it didn't just happen. God gave it to him. At a young age, Solomon asks for wisdom. And we're going to read how God gave him the gift of wisdom. And he says, no one in the past has ever been as wise as you. And no one in the future will ever be as wise as you. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. The Bible tells us. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, look at verse 4. Just follow along with me. It says this, The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand bird offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. So this is a dream. It's a vision. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. He basically says, Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Solomon answered in the dream, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. The Solomon is now king, he's talking about. Verse 7, it says, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. He, he would be around the teenage years, around your age. And it says, verse 8, Your servant is here among you. The people you have chosen are great people, too numerous to count a number. So give your servant, himself, a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And it says, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? 
The Lord, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had, had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you ask. What you've asked, I will give you a wise and discerning heart. There's that word wise and discerning. A wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And he says, and if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. So here's the story of Solomon, very young age. He's already king. His father David has passed away, and he now acts for the one thing that most of us probably would not have asked. He asked for wisdom and a discerning heart. He's about to lead one of the biggest nations in this world right in the, at that time right now. And he's asking, look, I, you were so gracious to my father David. He did an awesome job. I don't know how I'm going to stand up to his standard and live up to what he did. I'm going to ask for wisdom. And it says he's a small child here. The Hebrew is, is basically in his teenage years. He's asking the Lord, I'd like wisdom. And God says... Because you've asked for this, I'm very pleased. And because you didn't ask for a long life, he didn't ask, I just want to live for 200 years. I love life. He didn't say, I want riches. I want so much wealth and riches. He didn't say, no, I want you to wipe out all my enemies so I can have a prosperous kingdom and I can live as my father did as king and not have any people to bother me. No, he says, no, I just want wisdom. I want wisdom from you. I want to know what's right and wrong. Have a discerning heart. And God says, because you asked for this, I'm also going to give you wisdom. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm also going to give you wealth and a long life. But he says, if you do what I say, if you follow my statutes. Now, we know that Solomon wandered a little bit. He fell astray sometimes. He was the wisest man in all the earth, and yet it's the most complicated character in the Bible for me. I can't fathom. He's the wisest man in the world, and yet he was slipping into sin, into idolatry, that God had just told him not to do. So... I'm not trying to contradict the story, yet Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. But sin can sometimes creep in our hearts when we don't know it, and we just think, well, this this sounds wise enough. He started slipping into the worldly wise rather than what God had said already. And also, we're going to talk about what is wisdom, basically. What is wisdom? I have highlighted the knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is the accumulation of information. Knowledge is just studying, getting to know what this subject is about, understanding what what this and that is, accumulating of information. But wisdom is the application of that knowledge. Okay, so you have all this information accumulated. You you understand everything. You've studied, you know it inside and out. But wisdom is applying that knowledge. So a lot of people have knowledge. A lot of people accumulate much information, but do they actually apply that knowledge and use it for good and make wise and discerning decisions? No, not really. We have a lot of people who have knowledge, but not a lot of people who are wise. And, you know, you can, you can go to school and, and get all the education you need. I'm not saying education is bad. I, I had an education. I love it. You, you learn. You want to you grow in understanding and the knowledge that you, God's given you a brain. So he wants you to understand his creation, what, what life is all about, it's all in his word. He wants you to understand that. But when it's time to make wise decisions and it's time to start saying, look, is this right or wrong? A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that. And so I wanted you guys to understand what knowledge and wisdom, what the difference is, and how, yes, we want knowledge, but how we need to actually start praying to the Lord like Solomon did in the vision and said, 
I want wisdom. And he asked the best person for wisdom was God himself. And we need to do the same. Because we can have a lot of knowledge, but we need to start knowing how to apply that knowledge in our life and make the decisions the right way. Because that's what Solomon said. He said, I want to discern right from wrong. God has given us a discerning heart and a brain to know what's right and wrong. He's, he's given that us. He put that in Adam when he created Adam and Eve to know what's right and wrong. But he also gives us choice. That's part of his loving nature. He wants us to choose right. So Solomon is saying, I just, want to, I just want a discerning heart. I want to know what, what to do in these situations. And he would have many opportunities. opportunities. He would write many proverbs, parallels of, of what fools do and what the wise should do. Very good filling wisdom that we can apply to ourselves today. So go back to James chapter 3, and, and we're going to keep reading of what James is now saying. Because James is now saying this, there's two kinds of wisdom. We just read it, verse 15, worldly wisdom. And James calls it unspiritual and of the devil. Okay, point blank. Worldly wisdom does not come from the Lord. It sometimes doesn't even come from man. It can come from Satan himself. Satan has always been the nemesis of God trying to counterfeit what God has been doing. Started in the Garden of Eden. He started right away. He didn't waste time. He sees Adam and Eve are created in God's image. He was jealous. He hated us because of it, because we look like our father. And he comes in the counterfeit way and says, look, did God really say that you couldn't eat from that? Why why would he say that? And Eve says, well, because he, he just told us we can't eat from it or we'll die. And he confuses it. He twists the truth. You won't really die. God is actually keeping you from that fruit so that you won't know good and evil. And you, he actually doesn't want you to be like him. Because once you eat it, you're going to know and you're going to be like God. Satan would just twist the truth. He's always here to counterfeit what God has said and done. So man made the choice. Adam and Eve ate the fruit. They were forbidden from Eden. God says, because you disobeyed me, I'm going to have to cast you out. Now there's going to be a separation between a holy God and man, and it's called sin. So that's why Jesus Christ came, the Son of God, to come make a bridge of that gap. It's called the cross, so that we now can have life if we choose Jesus. That's the gospel in a nutshell, really. But what James is trying to say is, I want you to choose the right wisdom, because there are, there are two types of wisdom. And in verse 17, there's heavenly wisdom, point blank, and James calls it spiritual and of the Lord, of God. It's, it's pretty, pretty simple. you got one worldly wisdom and you got one earth, uh, heavenly wisdom from the devil and from the Lord. We need to now choose what is right and what is wrong. What's the wisdom we need to look at? And there's some, there's some characteristics of these two types of wisdom. I have them just uh, in contrast of each other, the worldly wisdom and the heavenly wisdom. When we just read these, 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 these words are right here in the pages of Scripture. The worldly wisdom is usually envious It's selfish, all about me, about self, boastful, in denial of Jesus, because James talks about in denial of the truth. So the worldly wisdom is in denial of Jesus. Look, if you're going to have worldly wisdom, why else would you put your life and faith in Jesus Christ? You wouldn't, because you're going to want to do what yourself wants to do. You're going to have wisdom of yourself, wisdom from the world. That's why a lot of people say, look, I don't really want this Jesus to control my life. Jesus is not a controlling person. It's a loving relationship. A lot of people think that's what Christianity is. Well, why would I follow this Jesus if he's just going to control my life? I can, I can do my own life. I can go where I want to go. I can hang out with who I want to hang out with. And we start getting this deception 
and what Satan calls wisdom of, of the world, and we start thinking differently. And we start denying who Jesus is. That's what, that's what James writes. James also says it's unspiritual and it's of the devil. Point in blank. We just read that. And James is also saying, but look. Look at verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. And we have up there humble also. Because in look in verse 1. After he says, let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility, that comes from wisdom. Wisdom of heaven starts with humility. See, Satan didn't practice humility. That's why Satan was kicked out of heaven. Why? The first sin ever committed was pride. Satan was proud. He loved everything about himself. And then in Isaiah, there's, there's verses where Satan says, I want to be like God. I want to be over God. I don't want to be where I am right now. I'm going to be like God. God says, that's not going to work. You're kicked out of heaven. And he took some minions with him. They're called demons now. He took a third of the angels with him. Those who wanted to side with Satan. There was war in heaven. And that's why Satan is on earth today. Satan is not in hell. Satan is not in heaven. Satan's on this very earth. A lot of people think, well, Satan's just ready and waiting in hell with a pitchfork. No, actually, Satan's just a... Actually, Paul calls him a masquerade of light. Peter says he's a lion ready to devour us. The Bible says he's the prince of this air. He rules the world. It's not until Jesus comes back for the thousand-year reign that Jesus Christ is going to rule the world. Right now, Satan is really technically ruling this world. He's not in hell waiting for us. He's right here ready to deceive us. He's been there since God kicked him out of heaven. And now he's trying in this world to give what his wisdom is rather than what God's is. He's always trying to counterfeit what God's plan is. And he, to take, he wants to take as many of God's children and his creation with him. So we need to choose wisely what wisdom we need to have. And the wisdom of heaven is humble, first of all, pure. It's considerate. It's peace-loving. It's submissive. It's also merciful, full of good fruit. What does full of good fruit mean? Look at Galatians chapter 6, the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus talked about this in John. You will know that they are my disciples, mainly followers of Christ, a.k.a. Christians. You can know other Christians by their fruit. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about apples and oranges. <laughs> I used to think that as a kid. How much fruit I have, a banana, orange, and apple. What, what the heck is Jesus talking about? It's because I have a bag of pomegranates and oranges that I'm a Christian. Jesus wasn't talking about physical fruit. This is spiritual fruit. Love, joy, peace, and patience. And the list goes on in Galatians chapter 6. And Jesus says, the wisdom of heaven is full of good fruit. An outpouring of love, of joy, of peace. Wisdom of heaven. We're very, we're very dumb people. The Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are pretty dumb, if you haven't noticed. Um, the shepherd is always trying to ring them back with his cane, his staff, whatever. Because sheep wander. And in the Bible, Jesus is described as the good shepherd. He leads us on the right path. And sadly, we're described as sheep. Man, we're, we're dumb. Let's get out of here. Let's go. And then you get ringed back by Jesus himself. We are going to wander. We're going we're gonna to do what we want to do. Sheep, I don't know what sheep think of. They just, it hurts when they get sheared of their wool, and then they just go run around and frolic in the, the grass. And, uh, yeah. 
But lamb chops are pretty good. They're good for eating. Okay. Um, But Jesus is described as the good shepherd. He's going to try to steer us in the right path. But he wants to give us choice. And if he is given wisdom from himself, from heaven, then we need to choose this kind of wisdom. And the next slide is choosing God's wisdom. It's point and simple. This may sound elementary to some people. But some people need to hear this. Choosing God's wisdom. That's found in verse 16. I'm sorry, verse 18. Because worldly wisdom produces disorder and wickedness. Look at verse 16. James says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. The worldly wisdom that we, we think is right, that we think man is right. Man can have ma- much knowledge accumulated, but man can have very little wisdom. And James says, if you want a good, peaceful, righteous life, we need to choose what God's wisdom has for us. And in verse 18, God's wisdom produces peace and righteousness. God's wisdom produces peace and righteousness. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you guys don't have to turn there, you can write it down, but 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul des- uh, describes two types of wisdom again, just like James is. And Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says this in verse 20, It's just hypothetical questions. He says, Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He's basically saying, Look, where is the wise man? Where is the philosopher? God's made the foolish of this world the wise. And in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24, he keeps reading. And he says this, But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, or Gentiles, we would be Gentiles today, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. Interesting. We think we're so wise. The foolish of the world, God has come to shame the wise. Paul also says that we can get puffed up in our philosophy, in our ways of thinking. You guys know of Plato and of Socrates, very knowledgeable men. They did not have the wisdom of God, though. They did not have the wisdom of God. A lot of them denied God. And Paul is saying, he's basically shouting out and saying, where are those philosophers? Where are the scholars? God has called the foolish to shame the wise. Interesting how God's economy has flipped. And in verse 30 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Interesting. Jesus Christ is our wisdom. Colossians 2, verses 3, it says, In Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If we want to know wisdom, if we want to receive wisdom and get wisdom, we go to the source of wisdom, Jesus Christ. And look back in James chapter 1. Just flip the page. Look back at James chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. We read this a couple weeks ago. James 1, 5 through 6, it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of us lacks wisdom, it says this, He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. Now, James also says a challenge. He says, we need to start believing that God is going to give us this wisdom. But if any of us lack wisdom, if anyone say, look, I've got to make this tough decision in life. I've got to make this tough decision in school. I've got to make a decision if I'm going to hang out with this friend or not. I've got to make a decision if I'm going to date this person or not. It doesn't even have to be anything sin-related. It can be something good. We just want to know what's right and wrong. We want to know discernment. The best place to get it is from the Word of God, from Jesus Christ Himself, because Jesus is called the Word. 
John chapter 1, verse 1. Jesus is the Word. If we're going to receive wisdom from the world, it's only going to bring disorder and every evil practice. And I want to close with this. In Proverbs 3.13, again, look at Proverbs 1 through 4, all about wisdom. Proverbs 3.13, it says this, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. God wants us to be wise. He's chosen the foolish to shame the wise. He chose Moses, who was a nobody in the wilderness living. And he chose him. He says, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. Moses said, you got the wrong man. I'm not the person for the job. I've got a speech impediment. I can't talk. I am just a worn out old man in the wilderness. You've got the wrong guy. God says, no, I want you to lead my people to Israel because I've chose you. We didn't choose God, the Bible tells us. God chose us. But he wants us to choose his wisdom rather than the world's. And this is what James is trying to tell us. Choosing God's wisdom or choose what the world says. And I hope we all pray and ask God, just like Solomon did. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for discernment. Discernment is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Discernment, understanding making tough decisions. In ministry, I have to have discernment. I have to know, look, I think that's not good. Or you know what? This might be the right way to go. We've got to practice discernment. And if we're going to be Christians, we may not technically be in ministry as some pastors are, as myself, but we are still followers of Christ and we need to practice what discernment is and making wise decisions. It may be lonely, You may feel ridiculed. You may even be persecuted for your faith just because you're not doing what the world says is right. When we choose God and choose what His wisdom says versus verses 18 in chapter 3, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What we reap, what we sow is what we reap. If we're going to understand God's wisdom and soak it in, it's going to be blessing after blessing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the book of James. I I pray that all of us, myself included, would understand the difference between the world's wisdom and your wisdom. You created us, Lord. You gave us a brain. You gave us a, a mind to think to discern, and I pray that we wouldn't follow what the world is telling us. Yes, knowledge is good, but we need to understand what wisdom is, and we need to apply that knowledge and make tough decisions in life. I pray each one of us would choose wisdom from you in heaven, that we walk in your ways and we would take the example of Solomon, asking not for riches, not for fame, not for a long life, but for wisdom, and from that wisdom comes everything in between. I pray that you would go before us now. We love you. Thank you for this time we have in your word. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.